0: Welcome to the September first pre-Texas podcast with Pete Sampson and Tim O'Malley. I'm Tim Priester, and it's finally uh, game week. Looking forward to it, although we're going to have to wait the extra day till Sunday. But this definitely has a uh, first weekend of the season feel to it, with all the great games on Saturday, and uh, we'll all be heading out to Austin. Uh, Tim today on Thursday, and Pete and I on Friday, guys. Um, you know, the depth chart was released the other day. I don't think that there were any shockers. The the Avery Sebastian uh, listing as the number one strong safety, um, I, don't, I wouldn't call that a shock. Stud still, Devin Stud still had the hamstring injury in the preseason. And, um, you know, a six year senior understands the defense pretty well. I still contend that, that Devin Stud still plays a huge role in this game. You have to because your two safeties are, their strengths are in the box. So you're going to have to ha- have some help on the back end of it. But, just the depth chart and uh, any other observations on your part as to where people are aligned. Well, I mean, they moved Avery Sebastian or Drew Tranquil to a. I would think Tranquil yeah. a free
1: safety, right? Yeah. So it, that that was the yeah. surprise. Like, yeah, I would have been less surprised if Avery Sebastian was actually a free safety, um, or Drew Tranquil was actually a free safety. So I think both of them are get kind of scary. Yeah, so that, I mean, that, I saw that, I'm like, uh, I almost would feel better if Devin Sunsel was starting, just from an athleticism standpoint, but I get it with the pace that Texas is going to play at, they're going to try to run 85 plays, that having a true freshman back there, uh, just completely blank mentally is probably not a great way to go, um, but that was really the only thing that, that stood out to me. Um, Julian I mean, Love, that was one that I... Yeah, maybe over Troy Pride. Um, For all well, an Ashton White. White. For all yeah. Troy Ashman Pride missed
2: the yeah. end of a practice or something. Though, yeah. And
1: love, you know, they, these things. But they do like... I mean, talking to players, they are all very high on Julian mm-hmm. Love. Like, when I asked Anawalu, the open-ended, tell me freshman who have impressed mm-hmm. you, he started with Dante Vaughn, and then Julian Love was number two. Yes. Um, just, like, thinks he really understands the game at a very high level. Um, I my mean, thought on, somebody had to be the backup corner. My thought on Love, and I think I answered this
2: in the message boards, was he's also your backup nickel, so he is with the varsity. He is going to travel. If,
0: right. the, if there's a tiebreaker, so yeah, he,
2: he's already involved. If there's a tiebreaker, it goes to him. I th-
0: I, yeah, that was a guy, I don't remember where I listed him in our rankings of the freshman, but I had him, I think, higher than anybody else because I loved the improvement that he made from his junior to senior year. I thought he looked like a he really looked like a major college prospect his senior year and i think he's just carried over with that
2: yeah and i think go back to the stud still issue he might not be 100% healthy either with the hamstring yeah. still Brian kelly doesn't have to mention that to texas right before the game plays yeah. you know so that that's as i said i thought sebastian and tranquil would start because it's safer and i don't think i don't think that's going to go 13 games
0: no, no, I don't. It, it, I don't but, think uh, it really it, it goes makes, this game because I mean, Tri- Tranquil's going to be coming off the edge. That that's where that's where he is a real playmaker. Yeah, and, the and are you go- Are you leaving Sebastian team. back right. there by himself? I, I, you know, I mean, I don't. I don't think you do that. So, um, you know, I, what what else did we see? Um, yeah, I think. Fink's think, not on the.
2: Yeah, they don't. You know what, though? Uh, CJ ProSize, a couple years ago in 2014, wasn't on the depth chart he started. Yeah. So I think sometimes. The sometime, top two. The, top two, to the top two. depth chart. Yeah, yeah they, they just kind of print it out and go from there. Yeah,
1: Jay Hayes not back with the Star Wars. That surprised me a little bit. Um, Probably not
2: all the way back. High ankle sprains are tough for those guys. Yeah, I mean, I guess in some
1: yeah. ways it surprised me only because Brian <laughs> Kelly was like, no, he's all the way back. It's <laughs> yeah, fine. fine. And, and that was actually the surprise. Should not be uh, your guide. Yeah. That's, um, <laughs> You know, Andrew Trombetti, does he offer much of a pass rush? I don't think so. Uh, but Brian Kelly also was like, we don't want to put too much on Dalen Hayes either. I I think it is very wise on his part to limit the exposure Notre Dame's freshmen are going to have on Sunday night because it's not going to be a <laughs> it's going to be a tough environment for you know, them. I think it's, it's notable been. that he's never opened on the road, Brian Kelly, since he's been here. He's only this is the second time in the last ten years, and the other one was at Rutgers. So. Cincinnati, Rutgers, Notre Dame, Texas—probably going to be a little bit different environments in terms of how jacked people are. Um, what do you saying? It could, it could be, it could be a little <laughs> bit of an overwhelming environment for some of these freshmen. So I think it's smart to keep them under wraps as much as you can.
0: I think I really think in watching some, well, watch a bunch of film of Tulsa offense because of Sterling Gilbert, the offensive coordinator, moving to Texas, and just to get a feel, and also Texas to get a feel for what they started doing well at the end of the season. I really love that uh, Patrick Vahey, who mm-hmm. they move from left to right guard uh, to the strong side. But I really think the left tackle Connor Williams is kind of vulnerable. I know that he's highly rated and played as a freshman. But I think Trombetti and Dalen <coughs> Hayes have a chance to have a little bit of success against him. So let's see what happens. Quarterback position,
1: uh, as of Wednesday night, Still, nobody knows what the heck's going on there. Uh, We all
0: know tonight. Kaiser
1: Kaiser doesn't. Zaire doesn't. The other players don't. They did talk about... I thought it was interesting to hear from Mike McGlinchey when he said, like, if we were doing um, a silent count and I didn't have to turn around, I wouldn't know who was back there, and that would be totally fine. Um, Where, I mean, we spend so much time... Okay, how are you different? How are you different? Like, here's the mesh point with the running. No, backs. we don't. Like, the TV he... stations. Yeah. do. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> <laughs> I think they're talking about the excitement. Oh, you know? um, but they, the players, it does not seem to bother them. Um, I'm, I was interested to hear that their leadership styles are similar. Um, although I thought Muglinchi's quote was great, where he's like, you know, Zaire's more uh, animated, more kid-like yeah. back there. Yeah, where so he Ch- said child-like to child- me and ah. before, yeah. and then <laughs> he said Deshaun Kaiser was more like that. You know, a really cool high school jock quarterback. Uh, <laughs> which I think he meant as like kind of a compliment. I know, um, I but I, I think the story there is the same as it's been since camp started. Quarterback is the least of Notre Dame's worries
0: on Sunday Yeah, night. because they might have two of the top ten quarterbacks <laughs> and, in the country.
1: Well, it's like when I was joking with O'Malley, you watch some of these practice clips they're putting out. And Brandon Wimbush is playing Tyrone Swoops. How often is the scout team quarterback impersonating the varsity quarterback better than the guy he's impersonating? <laughs> I mean, Notre Dame's third quarterback is better than either of Texas's quarterbacks. So I think ultimately that's that, that will be the
0: story of the game for all the matchups that Notre Dame's quarterbacks are just way, way better than Texas'. I, you know, again, w- watching a lot of Texas stuff this week's, and and what sterling gilbert does with their offense it's not anything that we haven't seen before it's shotgun and it's fast. a lot of re- it's fast it's a lot of read option stuff slants quick throws get the ball in the hands of the wide receivers um i understand why they want to play two quarterbacks cuz swoops is the perfect guy to run the read option stuff and Bushell's a better thrower and you want to you know they'll 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 fake the read option he'll quickly set his feet and throw the football right, right. So I understand the same way. I understand why Norden, why Brian Kelly couldn't pick at this stage uh, one of the two quarterbacks. I understand why Texas is doing the same thing. The, the 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 biggest concern for me is, you know, they're going to with their formations and what they do. They're going to disperse the defense. They're going to run read option. They're going to when when you when you're thinking pass or quarterback run. They're going to going to stick it in the belly of Warren and uh, and Foreman. And those guys now have an opportunity to, um, um, you know, run in space. So it 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 presents problems. If Texas is as, scatters, as scattered as they were last year, it won't matter. Right. But I don't think they will be because of their new offensive coordinator.
2: Yeah, to kind of put a bow going back, to kind of put a bow in the quarterback situation and the advantage Notre Dame has. There's there's two thoughts. One, you made a great point. Texas isn't going to de- can't decide It not going to decide because there's not a great option. When have you ever entered a game? when you've been scouting a team or anything like that, we are like, man, I don't know which quarterback they're going to play because they're both so good. And they just can't decide which one of their best players is going to play in a game. Right. It's not that big of a problem no. to the point where somebody asked one of the Notre defensive players, and I won't say who it was yesterday, what do you think about the two-quarterback situation? And he's like, it doesn't really bother us that much. And he's like, no, I mean Texas having two different quarterbacks. <laughs> and he's like, no, I meant it really doesn't oh, bother us that much. So the whole runaround was just yeah. hilarious that Total opposite ends of the spectrum with the two quarterback situations.
1: I think one thing that I'm really curious about Texas is how much improved their secondary is going to be, because they were terrible last year, both in coverage and tackling. They're really young. They're still young. Everything they did was bad last year, whereas now they seem very high on Holton Hill and Devontae Davis, uh, two of their cornerbacks who are now sophomores. Notre Dame was really high on Holton Hill in recruiting, so it's a name that I remember there. Um, And now, instead of going against Fuller and Brown and Carlisle, it's Hunter and St. Brown, Sanders. Like That's a matchup I think Texas could win. I think Um, they like it, too. Yeah, Yeah. and that's not something you felt. You you didn't feel that way last year. Right, because they
0: were freshmen making their first start. But, yeah, 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 I I agree with you there. I think that that matchup certainly swings back in the other direction. Uh, You know, Texas has eight sophomores projected starting on defense. So... You know, obviously, like
1: how many of them are returning starters? uh,
0: Probably half half of of them. them. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, you understand why they're encouraged by that. They're not all the way there yet. They'll be better even next year. I think the biggest issue here that I mean, if you ask me, say one word that uh, that encapsulates what you want to see here in this game, it would be tackling. Because uh, I jumped on Charlie Strong's uh, Big Twelve teleconference the other day and I asked him about how do you bridge a gap between where you were against Notre Dame last year and now and he said we have to tackle better I mean they were a poor tackling team and then the challenge for Notre Dame with basically a bunch of new faces is how are you going to tackle these big running backs against an offense that's going to spread you out yeah and you know one thing I want to explore you're writing about this this week and sort of asked a bunch of questions Notre Dame's
1: offensive identity I sort of came away encouraged by the fact that it It seems to be trending more towards ground and pound and like making the quarterback more an accessory to the offense than the guy who is carrying the whole thing. Which would lend me to think that Malik Zaire might have more of a role uh, on Sunday than... Maybe some yeah, I think that's,
0: that's a good point. Look, everybody's excited. Everybody in Notre Dame is excited about their running backs. Yeah, you know, and, and Dexter Williams, the third guy in the equation, and how much he plays, or does he definitely play? We won't know he's till this weekend. Gotta, but
2: once it's everything's sorted out, he's gonna have a big role. I think no matter even if that didn't happen, if the rest didn't happen. I feel like Kelly uh, might lean on Falston and Adams in this environment. There's no reason to throw in the guy that doesn't have many competitive carries that could fumble no, at his own yeah. 20. Agreed. But I think he eases in, then he it becomes a three-headed right. monster. I think this is a this is a duel. I think this this weekend, this is a duel, a running back yeah.
0: duo. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, those are the two He'll be the guys. And, He'll be the kick returner. And, yeah, and, and you know, you your between-the-tackles guy right now. I mean, I, we, we saw that Dexter Williams can do a little of that. We saw that Tony Jones can do a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. But Folston's the only one that's established, and he really hasn't done it in two years. We're
2: going to answer a uh, Josh Adams, Torian and Folston question in the next segment. But the word to use for Folston now, and I never would have used this last year, is mature. Oh, yeah. That guy is, word. he is a, he's not a captain, but he is a, he's an on field leader by his actions. I, I, he will be, they will rely on Torian and Folston a lot in this game, unless Josh
0: Adams just gets hot handed. Wasn't Get it him. fun he's to see him relaxed and it. laughing and yeah. smiling? Yeah. And totally I, different guy. I, I, Yesterday, yeah,
1: yeah, yesterday was the best interview I ever had with him. Um, you know, we were talking about his first carries because I wanted to write something on Saturday just about like what that experience feels like as older guys look back on it. Um, you know, and he was really open about the surgery and getting it done by James Andrews and just how confident he was. Also, was pretty upfront about how distraught and depressed he was last season, uh, at least in September. So, yeah, it was great. But I, I I feel like he's gonna have a a really really good senior season that you know people are gonna look back on and they're like oh yeah Turing Folsom Notre Dame really got a lot out of that guy he had a really nice Notre Dame career even though he missed you know a quarter of it so yeah I have high expectations for him.
0: I, before we take questions, I, I guess we're gonna reverse our uh, uh, our normal order here. And does Notre Dame win? If they win, why are are they high scoring, low scoring? I'm kind of. Um... Torn on that last yeah, part.
2: I'm not. I, I wasn't <laughs> torn. Except that's the over under sixty points is about twenty more than I would have projected. I mean, I, I I think it's gonna be lower scoring than people think. I think Notre Dame wins if they settle into the game. I, I, I you just get into the second quarter, and have everything. If it's seven seven second quarter, it's a huge advantage for Notre Dame for me. They just can't make dumb mistakes that gives Texas like early life. The crowd gets crazy. I mean, Brian Kelly referenced it. We can't give them a reason to be more hyped than they already are. If Notre Dame settles into the game, I think they'll win it. And the way they would lose is to give one away. I mean, you you make Texas drive four times, right, for touchdown. If you give one to Texas, it makes it so much easier because they're going to drive for a touchdown or two, but don't give them that. That third one is important in a game like this. And if you don't give one away, a shanked punt, you know, Tyler Newsom's great, but he shanked two punts and two of the three losses last year. So that's it's something to remember. Kick returns, excess speed, you can't do that. And you certainly, I mentioned Dexter Williams, guys like that. First touch can't be at your own 15 yard line that results yeah. in a fumble. You know, those are the type of things that I don't think, even though the spread's three and a half, I don't think they're even teams. I just think it's an environment that brings that game that. down to being a, hey, Notre is probably not going to go kill this team, but Notre Dame has a better t- football team for this season than Texas does.
1: I agree. It's like it's a giveaway issue. I mean, I, I don't see how Texas wins the game unless they are plus two in turnovers or, like, turnover equivalents, like well, the shape. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a five-yard punt. Right, thing, it's yeah. the same Texas, thing. Yeah. Texas
0: was plus 11 in turnovers last year, and Notre Dame was minus six. Now, those have those things have a way of being cyclical and, right. and, yeah, and reversing back. back, right? But I... You know, I, for me, I, I, this is a must-win for Notre Dame. I mean, in oh. their, mi- their oh, mind, it's a must-win. What happened the you, last few weeks? Yeah, if you lose yeah. to a team you beat by 35 last year, you got to run the table in order to make the playoffs. So it's a must-win. They can score 60, in the quarterback situation will be blamed if they lose. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Whereas with Texas, I mean, if they play well and fight and cut it, you know, lose by three, yeah. um, you know, plan. they can yeah. live with that, and it's building, you know, from where they were last year against Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame's winning culture... You know, knowing how to win in tough situations ultimately leads to a victory. All right. Well, we're going to take questions in segment two, and then we'll reveal our
1: much-anticipated picks in segment three. But next up, questions from our readers on Irish Illustrated Insider. Welcome back to Irish Illustrated Insider. Into our questions. First up, golden by name. What are your expectations this, for this year's Notre Dame rushing attack? How many yards per game will they need to average to hit 9 or 10 wins or even more? And finally, a prediction on the total rushing yards
0: versus Texas. It's it's tough to, based upon last year's game with Texas, to pr- predict a, a rushing total because Zaire completed all but three passes and threw for 313. They, I think they rushed for 214 or something like that, and Texas got better as the season went on and then yielded a bunch of uh, rushing yards so I I, this is a this is O'Malley's call here because I I, you know I I don't necessarily believe that there needs to be a number especially if you're going to throw the football as effectively as you did last year
2: no for this game doesn't need to be a number but I do think it will be Notre Dame's going to run the ball 35 times no matter what to keep the game under control and at that point you hit get near that magical 200 yard mark right I mean, because yeah. quarterbacks run too. It's a situation you, you just control the game by running it more in this in this particular situation. And I mean, you've done stories in the past. Two hundred is kind of the magic number if you want to contend for, for a season. Right. You're not going to do it every game, and that doesn't mean. I mean, you're going to have some games where you play a bad team, like UMass last year, and it's 390 yards rushing. That well, brings so, up Well, sometimes but...
0: 165 is good. Right, yeah, if it's 165 against Clemson
2: so... last year, they would have won by 10, right. as opposed to not be able to move the ball running the football. So, you know, I think they, they kind of eke around that 200-yard mark by Texas because they really make an effort to run, and I think the key to 10 wins is doing that against all the good teams they play.
1: Yeah, I think they'll hit 250 on Sunday. On Sunday, Um yeah. But, yeah, I agree, 200 for the season would be a positive um Mark for it. that's if you're winning nine ten games you're averaging
0: at least two hundred yards
1: rushing
2: but They'll, I think they're going to put you're up salting a lot. away games is part yeah. of the reason you run a lot and average my only yards. concern
0: with hitting two fifty is you have two young you have a young center and an inexperienced right guard against mm-hmm. Boyette who's really the anchor of that defensive line and Puna Ford who probably has got more publicity for his for his cool nickname than actual productivity but I think he's getting better. I think that's a that's a reputable interior defensive line going against Mustafer and McGovern that haven't proven yeah. themselves. So, so I, I'd run outside. Uh, yeah. Well, the, I yeah. agree because that's <laughs> where the, that's where I think there's there's weakness in their defensive front.
1: All right, Vic Irish one, what are the next steps Brian Kelly and staff need to take to bring the program to consistently be top five? If you feel like they aren't already in line with that level already, can they truly match Ohio State and Alabama given their recruiting limitations? Those are good examples,
2: of course, but I would say for a team the last couple of years, obviously it's Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama. Um, Clemson, you don't know where it's going to go And Deshaun Watson. He, he's kind of the difference maker. Uh, and, and I mean, they lost a lot of defensive talent. But Clemson the last two years has been just as good. as I mean, this year and last year is just as good as Alabama. Alabama is the gold standard, so I don't think you're recruiting to that level. I don't think they're a top-five program. Right now, but I do think they are a playoff contending program. The thing there is, it'd be great to make the playoffs, but can you... Are you going to go to the playoffs and look like Michigan State last year? Where you just got... <laughs> or like r- Notre Dame in 2012, r- 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 which right, was the right. playoff. Yeah, where you just get ripped yeah. up. I mean, that's... that's Ohio State would have fared better <laughs> than Michigan State in that yeah. game, and they, they kind well,
0: of blew it. I mean... But. I Defensive end, right? Is that yeah. that that's where the, the difference is. And, I, and and safety probably, right? Yeah, we like the young guys I but mean, they haven't
2: played yet. We would have loved Max Redfield before his first game.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, mean, right? look I at that. mean that's what we're saying about this. You look at what right Stanford now. has done defensively and if Notre Dame could just gosh. You yeah. know, not even get to the level of Stanford defensively, but but begin to approach it. Well, then then you have a chance to yeah. play. There's a new know, motto you know. right
1: there, along with uh, <laughs> running on hope to get to approach Stanford. <laughs> yeah. Which way, I mean, by the way, Stanford's defense sucked. Life, so. Last year, yes, oh, yeah. But, but it's yeah. been good but for so long. Yeah, I agree with it, it, what you I think there's... You look at... Yeah, I, I'm less concerned about can Notre Dame be Ohio State and Alabama more than well, can they be Stanford and Michigan State? Like, mm-hmm. Which I think sounds weird to say out loud, but like... And they can be State. You look you know, at their like, programs the last years. hard-nosed approach. You know, getting more out of your defense than the talent is there. These are important things. And 11 I,
2: or 12 wins every year, too. Yeah, Those two buying, teams are winning yeah,
1: 11 and 12 games. Buying into an identity, and like this sort of goes back to what we were talking in segment one. I thought it was it was really interesting to hear Mike Denbrock on Media Day talk about how the offense has shifted to more power running. Not, necessarily, not only because it, it works and it was a good strategy for what they had, but because the identity of Notre Dame is built on that, which has nothing to do with Brian Kelly at all, but it was an acceptance of, okay, we're at Notre Dame. This is how we need to do it. And I think Notre Dame is better off when there's an acceptance and, of that and you embrace that.
0: And speaking of identity, you started to allude to it. The questions that I was asking yesterday, I yeah. thought Kaiser's answer was the best. He said... our. What what makes us effective offensively is that we don't have a specific identity. We can run it. We can throw it. I, I mean, I hear what I you're think saying he embraces about the run that so much. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I, let's mm-hmm. they can be lethal in both areas of of the game as long as the young receivers adapt. T, uh, T.F. Boyle asks: It seems to me that Josh Adams has received very little coverage from the media, both nationally and on Irish Illustrated, considering his record breaking year last year. So, towards remedying this perceived grave injustice, (laughs) what do you think is Josh Adams' ceiling in college and possibly in the NFL?
2: He received, I mean, he was hurt all August. We didn't see him healthy in August. We saw
0: four practices and never saw him. Remember, he pulled up quickly in the first day at Culver. Look,
2: you have a guy coming back, senior leader coming back off a torn ACL, is one story to write, or Josh Adams, who we don't get to see at all. In August, because precautionary reasons, they're holding him out. I I actually want to see Josh Adams healthy in this game because I don't 100% believe it. Because I never believe Kelly when he says, Oh, we got him running. That was Sunday. Okay, or no, I'm sorry, that yeah. was, you know, it was a week, our last access, it was right. a week ago, a week ago, Wednesday. If that's the first time he was running full speed, that's 25 carries for Folston instead of 18 because Josh Adams better be full speed or he's not going to be playing over Torian Folston. So, Hamstring injuries and running backs that run outside are an issue, and that's why we didn't really cover him. Yeah,
1: yeah, he was, he was out. Um, you know, and I, I like Torian Fulston a lot, and what we saw from Dexter Williams was great. So, yeah, I think Josh Adams is going to have a good year. Is he an NFL running back? I don't. I wouldn't go that far, but I mean, he's got a lot of college ability, and he's got to stay healthy. I mean, any, anytime a, a guy, a big back who's blown out his
0: knee is just sort of like, yeah, eh, okay, we'll see. I think he things. has NFL. Assets. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think sure. he has star assets. I love Josh Adams' game. I mean, I you remember we were in Culver last year, and uh, I mean, I walked away feeling like he was a better prospect just that one moment than Dexter Williams. So did Audrey
2: Denson. He said, I asked him about it, he said, Josh Adams, day two of Culver, immediately belonged. We knew he could play because it took us right. two practices well, to watch him. And it looks like yeah.
0: Dexter Williams has narrowed the yeah. gap. So that's why they're so excited about running back, and we are very excited about Josh Adams this year. See, John, can this offense be as productive as last year's offense without
1: game changers like Will Fuller and C.J. ProSize? I mean, it could, you know,
2: productivity comes in many ways. It won't be as exciting because those guys were just. Will Fuller is the greatest deep threat in the history of Notre Dame football in terms of production, and it's not even close. I mean, in terms of production, no one. Bomb touchdowns against Texas, Virginia twice. You probably remember the last one. USC, Temple, Pittsburgh, Stanford, and a catch and run 70 yarder against Ohio State. They're not getting that out of a wide receiver this year. And DeJean yeah. Kaiser. Thank goodness when you asked him the question about deep threats and could Torrey Hunter be a deep threat, he didn't lie to us. He said, yeah, he could be a deep threat. Will Fuller's a little bit different. Yeah. <laughs> and he is, and right. thank goodness that they told the truth because, you know, Will Fuller is once every 10 years at Notre Dame, but they could be
0: productive. That was the basis of my line of questioning yesterday, and I I, I like that he said, you know, our strength is the fact that, that we're well-rounded and don't have a specific identity. But no, I mean, I, you're not going to... Fuller had 19 touchdown passes the last two years. I don't know. I don't think Torrey Hunter. 29. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 29. 29. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I don't think Torrey Hunter produces like that. He's not the kind of guy that's going to consistently get behind the secondary. TJ Jones, 2013. We keep talking about that. That can be Torrey
2: Hunter this year, over a thousand yards, over 70 catches. The main guy. Yeah, those are the numbers yeah. out
0: the other day, yeah. Pete. And I, I can I I concur with that. And I, I think this just sort of goes back to how
1: fans and media see college football if something happened last year well then it should happen again this year Notre Dame set a school record for yards per play last year so if something happened one time in 127 years you would not expect to then happen again in year 128 (laughs) so I look Notre Dame's offense is not going to be nearly as explosive as it was last year that doesn't mean they can't have a really good offense and I think that they will have a really good offense it's just not going to average seven yards a play Buffalo Mike, from your
2: interviews and with other things that Kelly has said about the team both on and off the field, do you get the impression that he is rapidly reaching the place where he finally says, that's enough, I'm out of here? No, I
1: think the opposite, actually. Um,
2: I felt that a couple years ago. Yeah, a couple yeah, of years yeah. ago
1: I would have felt differently, but now I think that he's totally settled in. He likes the he likes the freshman class a lot. Um, I think he likes the sophomore class a lot. I just think they are they feel good about the depth that they're building for the long haul here. Um and I think he loves the quarterback situation, which is maybe the most important thing of them all.
0: I think, you know, discipline issues are going to happen wherever you go. And all things being equal, the discipline issues that he has to deal with are generally less. Did I mean, you hear the
2: Western Michigan situation No. yesterday? No. Home invasion, knife and gun, <laughs> players, freshmen, just on campus.
0: That's, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't I mean, yeah, I mean, we shouldn't laugh about no, that. No, we shouldn't but, laugh about that, but yeah, yeah, you're I mean, right. Yeah. Dame isn't. Now, that could happen tomorrow, sure. uh, you know, but Notre Dame, generally That's crazy speaking, though. isn't That's dealing with something of that magnitude. Uh, C.
2: Domer, D.C. BVG, Brian Van Gorder, tailoring coverage schemes to account for Sebastian's range limitations of free safety. Similarly, would he run a slightly simpler scheme with studs still on the game? Any thoughts on what coverage schemes could be used to help range issues or assignment
1: correctness? Pete, you addressed this I th- a little while back. Yeah, I mean, I think it's an interesting question because... You know, the impression that I got was Magora would rather play a lot of single high safety where you have a true free safety center fielder back there who can play number to number, like go beyond hash to hash. And now they don't have that guy. So what do you do? Do you play more cover four where you're rolling your corners back and playing, you know, a little more passive? Do you play more zone? I, I think you have to protect stuff uh Sebastian or Studstill whoever's in there. Yeah. Um I don't think you can you don't have the personnel to run the defense that they would prefer to run at safety right now.
0: Until maybe so, Studstill is healthy and, and, and yeah. seasoned as a player. But you have to accommodate that. Yeah. I think you have to protect you, I think you have to protect Sebastian more than Studstill just because physically he doesn't have the skills to do things. They've, they've, been taken, they've been taken from him where, you know,
2: it's not like he's a guy that could never run. It's, he ten, I mean, injuries have have yeah.
0: devastated him. And, you know, we go back to the spring game, and I, I wrote about this in the Thursday Thoughts Day. I I, I basically, did I not write Sebastian off yeah, yeah. in the spring? I don't think he was completely healthy, but he looked like an old man <laughs> out there. I mean, I did. How, how in the world is he going to cover anybody? And maybe we'll say the same thing Saturday night or Sunday night. But I don't think so. I don't think that he was completely healthy. But at least we know Studstill has the physical abilities to make plays back there. I think you have to protect Sebastian even more. We go back to, the. I know it's one
2: practice, but I think either Peter or I had defense, the other one was doing the overview, and we just looked at each other like, did you write down Sebastian's name a lot like I did? That In a I, good way. In a good way. That's I fair. had never written his name down in a practice since last August where he kind of flashed before getting hurt. And that's, that's great
1: that he did that. And then it seems like he was pretty solid. Yeah. So but to answer the question, I think they're going to have to play more cover four, cover three than Brian Van Gorder would ideally play. He does play. not want to. Right. But I don't think he has a choice. Yeah. I think that's just... Con- and maybe with Martini, Walu and Morgan, three really good athletes okay. at linebacker, that's Okay. Um, I was thinking about You don't that. have a weak point in terms of linebacker athleticism no. in any of the three spots this year.
2: It's interesting because, I mean, I guess Martini's going to come off the field for a nickel. you got to take one guy off, unless they go to a three down. Mm-hmm. Something to track, by the way, during the game.
0: You don't need to take Martini I off think, a field like that, but you're no, not taking Wallow and Morgan off. When they go three down, I think you're definitely going to see Tranquil on one side, right. and it's probably Martini yeah. on the other. Four down, though, you got to
2: take off Martini, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you have to bring in a... You're bringing in Sean Crawford. Yeah, I can't (laughs)
1: wait to see how they do sub-packages on Sunday, and if they can do sub-packages because Texas is playing so fast. You know,
2: James Ottawalu talked about the sub package. I have a linebacker story coming up, and he said that the difference to him this year, he talked about being in the three years and everybody being, there's a lot of smart defensive players now that know what's going on he said that these sub packages when they're healthy is just the key to this entire defense and he i didn't mention names he immediately said Crawford Morgan Tranquil guys like that that know everything about football and live it those those were his words Makes it a lot easier to go out there and play in these situations. Yeah, I mean, yeah.
1: He, he told me he was playing some defensive end.
2: Yeah, yeah, he was talking because. about he was talking about the, D-line, the new D line thing yeah. he does, and I was like, oh, this is be interesting. To like, watch. I really want
1: to see this.
0: Robo Pope asks, "What's the uh, what's the deal with recruiting? Seems like everything is on a downswing. Safety and, defense and defensive end are both in a bad spot again. Yeah, I think their
1: status quo. I mean, safety they're fine. They had they signed four last year. Uh, basically, if you want to." move Dante Vaughn back um and they already like Studsill and Elliott I, I guess you could say five if you yeah, want to include, move on uh, Vaughn back so I think they're fine with Isaiah Robertson he's a commitment out of Chicago he's in a he's a free safety build you know you're six three 190 pound athlete type of kid that's good they still would like another safety but that's not a huge it's need. trending better safety is fine I mean it's yeah. trending better because they took care of it last cycle yeah. um defensive end remains an issue. Um, you know, is it trending down? Probably that would be a fair assessment if you looked at it over the last couple of months. Uh, Donovan Jeter is a guy that they're back in on who's officially visiting for Michigan State, but he's more of your 6'6", 250, 270 pound defensive end. As a incoming guy, uh, our Steve Hare went and visited him. He actually lost about 50 pounds this offseason to get in better shape, but that would be a nice get, and they really, if they can get one of those guys, I think they'll be happy with it. After Hayes, Ogundeje, Okwara, Kareem, I mean, they have four real defensive ends in the freshman class, which is, I think, four, at least three and a half good ones. Ogundeje, yeah. we'll see, just, but um, Okwara and Hayes, I think, are ultimately going to be the real deal.
2: I don't, and I don't think it's going to go back to the 2014 class where you try, you had so many projects at defensive end that it just didn't work out with any of them. Like you look, you, they're going to hit. They're going to hit on yeah. these. I don't yeah. think it's the situation where Colin Hill, Johnny Williams, and Jonathan Bonner could be a fine player, but he's not going to be like a, a rush-end type that, that gets to the pass. They missed on all of them. I don't think that's going to happen with the current crop.
0: Yeah. yeah, no question. DIP 98, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on the defensive tackle, nose tackle rotation on Sunday night. Now that we've seen the depth chart specifically, how many snaps will Elijah Taylor get, and is he ready to handle? a decent volume. That's a good question. It's a, I don't know the answer to the
2: Elijah Taylor thing, because I don't think I've seen him flash quite enough for me to think he's going to take too many reps away from Tillery, unless Tillery is super winded. And with this rotation, they got to be by the series, don't they? You're not running Daniel yeah. Cage and Jerron Jones on and off. Which, Which is, is how they've s- subbed
1: in
0: the past. Yeah. You're yeah. not doing play-by-play. Play. Um, but And, and yeah. Rochelle bumps inside, too. I, I don't see... Sudden, yeah. I mean, I, I we haven't seen anything that leads us to believe that Elijah Taylor's going to get 20 snaps. Give Taylor
2: give Taylor a season to see. We can look back. We can start like, at the end of September and say, hey, can Elijah Taylor start getting more snaps in October? That's how I look at him and Bonner, guys like that. Mm-hmm. And we're, I don't think a lot... Yeah,
0: right now it's, I mean, it's three guys, Cage and, and uh, uh, Geron Jones is in those tackles and Tillery, the, the three technique. And I, you know, I, I think that times and certainly passing situations, Rochelle bumps inside. I think basically it's those four that are going to be getting the snaps at those two positions. I don't expect, I, We again, we haven't seen anything that would tell us that Elijah Taylor is about to become a, a significant no. backup yeah, I mean, for them. I mean, I, that does sort of lead to how many... Texas runs 85 plays in this game. How
1: many were was Eli, or Isaac Rochelle on the field for? 84.
0: I think you're right. I think yeah. it's over 80. Yeah he will be on yeah. the field a unbelievably large percentage. I mean, when, when at any point last year, you said, did you think, God, he's gassed, he's got to no, go off no. the field. He just yeah. plays. The only time I've ever seen anybody gassed in
2: that where, that North Carolina game when it was over 100 snaps, yeah. at the end of that thing, I know Notre Dame was up a little bit mildly comfortably at that point, people are just falling down. <laughs> I mean, literally, Colin Hill just fell down on a pass rush, and Joe Schmidt just yeah. fell down on a swing pass. It was, you know, that's rare, like, though, that it's, it's like that.
1: It's interesting... Um, on the, the the young guys playing on the defensive line, because Rochelle was another guy I asked about, like, okay, what was it like when the first time to get out there? And he's like, oh, it was Temple, I was behind to it, so I know I wasn't going to play a whole lot. <laughs> I like those answers. But I, but I played, it was like, I played like eight plays, and I was exhausted. Like, I just was falling over. I was so tired, I couldn't believe it. Which would lend to like Elijah Taylor, <laughs> Dalen Hayes, maybe not doing a ton on Sunday night. That's more emo-
0: that's as much emotion. Yeah, as you're is. just like oh, 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 physically you know, prepared. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: you yeah. know, uh, Pete,
2: the story you're doing on the, the first mm-hmm. snaps. We need to get a hold of Will Fuller on the phone because you remember his first uh, going in there. I don't. Thirty-seven it? yard catch against Trey Wayne's Michigan oh, okay. State. walks right.
1: There. Future first round pick. That's why it's Will Fuller. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little different there. Uh, helmet six twenty two had a bunch of over unders. We're not going to tackle all of them, but we'll definitely hit this one because it's really important. The over-under is four, and the question is, bars visited by the Irish Illustrated staff during the Austin visit. I think this line is totally ridiculous.
2: This is worse than the three-and-a-half point spread in the game. It's worse than Alabama only being favored by 12-and-a-half. I arrived tonight. My (laughs) wife is coming with me. And I have ten classmates from the class of '95 going to be there. i <laughs> will go over o- before we get. There. I'll be over before you guys land Friday.
0: So that is over. And a poor line by Vegas. I'm going to be in San Antonio. Does that count? It says Austin yes. visit. So I'm flying into Austin and and spending. Well, it's a like we nights. don't even need you to contribute. Right. With, you we don't right. need
2: it, but you're with your college roommate too, so you're going right. over pretty quickly as right. well in San
0: Antonio. Right. Gracie asks. Which is more likely that you'll say on Monday, I'm surprised that McGlinchey and Nelson didn't dominate, or I'm surprised by how much our defensive line dominated Texas for four quarters. Mm. I know um, that I'm inclined I'm, to say either I'm, one. I'm
2: not going to be saying the
0: first one, I don't think. They're going to play those two. I I think I'd be uh, more... I mean, I think McGlinchey and yeah, Nelson yeah. certainly have the opportunity yeah. to do that, and I don't know that Notre Dame dominates Texas for four quarters this year. <laughs> no,
2: I, I want to see... I am interested to see a healthy Notre D-line with Jerron Jones and Cage play. I know they don't have Jay Hayes. Jay Hayes would actually help a lot more in this game than he will in some other games because they could use him uh, stout at the point of attack instead of Trimbetti. Mm-hmm. But uh, I am optimistic the Notre Dame's defensive line will play well in this game against a power rushing attack, even without Jay Hayes, who they really, he was the anchor they found to, yeah. to kind of go into September where you have Michigan
1: State's other team he would be obviously on line, in line to play against. But I, I'm optimistic they'll play well. I have too. I mean, I think their defense, unless they get gassed in the fourth quarter because there's, you know, the game has a funky flow to it. I think Notre Dame's defensive line is going to play well. I think Texas's offensive line, here's, their ideal situation is to start a true freshman at center, but he's hurt, so they might not be able to do yeah. that. I mean, what does that say about where you are as a program? If that's your best case scenario is a true freshman at center, like, Says Jerron Jones better have a good game. Right? Yeah. At this point. This yeah, is... and this and this is not I mean, there will be games this year where I'd be worried about Jerry Tillery or Jerron Jones maybe not being all the way locked in, but this is definitely not one of those games. Next um, week. They're gonna is a game I think they're gonna, gonna come out and cave in the interior of Texas's offensive line, even with Patrick Baje, who I agree with Priester uh, a nice player. Um but you know their right tackle is in flux. He is an ankle sprain. He might get beat out anyway. Uh, Vi is a little bit of a is a little bit banged up, and yeah, their center position is a mess. So I, I think I think we'll probably be saying that the defensive line did dominate. Maybe not for four quarters, but three and a half, three. I, I think that Notre Dame will will definitely win that matchup on Sunday night.
0: All right, predictions.
2: Yeah, I, I, as I said, I, I'm lower scoring than. Um... Than Las Vegas expects with sixty point total there. I'd never, I just, I just think there's going to be a little inefficiency for Notre Dame starting out the season. I think, and I don't mean, I don't mean the quarterbacks. I just mean the wide receivers with the quarterbacks. It's not an easy environment for these guys to go win their job, win their assignments. I do think Notre Dame's defense will give up yards again because it's I've never seen them not give up yards against a quality <laughs> team. So, but I, no, I don't think we're going to have a repeat of last year where every time a team drives, and this is partly because of Texas's quarterbacks. Last year, if you drove, you scored. You made a drive against Notre Dame. It was 70 yards. We went, to, we, we moved it down to 70 yards. 27, 28, 70-yard drives for touchdowns. Yeah, Some of those turn into field goals. Some of them turn into picks in the red zone because Notre Dame has very good cornerbacks right now against bad quarterbacks. Sean Crawford's going to make a play. I'm in the 27-16 range. Mm. And I know it's much lower scoring than people would think for this game, but I just think that the defenses will be better today than they are during the season
1: yeah it's like I the more and more I've looked at this game over the last week the easier time I have figuring out a way that Texas actually wins <laughs> yeah too long which is not <laughs> yeah. what I was expecting at all um as I got more into this I think the issue of the te- the issue for me against Notre Dame is the pace of the Texas offense because I don't like Notre Dame's defensive line depth uh, unless they get real funky in sub packages um, now, I mean, the pace of Texas' offense, if they go three and out really fast, then, you know, who cares? That's that's a non-issue. Um, I also have concerns about Texas's ability to stretch the field vertically because Swopes and Buchel might not be great quarterbacks, but I'm pretty sure they can throw the ball 40 yards, um, and Texas just has some nice speed on on the receiver outside position. So, I mean, I overall... I think there are some matchups that Texas should like. Unfortunately, they have their quarterbacks are is not one of them um, versus Kaiser and Zaire, nor is their defensive line. I think going to be hold up to McGlinchey and Quentin Nelson. So I have Notre Dame thirty one, Texas twenty three. I do th- I don't think it's going to be a game that you are really on the edge of your seat in the last five minutes. But I do think it's going to be a game that will be in doubt when the fourth quarter starts.
0: I tend to lean towards what O'Malley's saying in terms of lower scoring because I think there's going to be offensive inefficiency. You know, you you hear about you hear about the fast pace and, and it's going to be like North Carolina. This is the first game that this offense has played in this system. So there has to be a degree of inefficiency on, on their side of the ball. Having said that, they're going to be much better offensively with Sterling Gilbert as, as their offensive coordinator and, and what he's uh, uh, instilled in them since he arrived from from Tulsa, but I look at five and nine versus the spread as a road favorite. I don't want to overplay that because some of that was, you know, a few years back. But uh, I think I, I think P.Y. You said I mean when, early in the in the podcast that when you look at this, um, you know, there are a lot of reasons why Notre Dame, or maybe it was you, Tim, a lot of reasons why Notre Dame. Should win going away, but just the environment and the situation in the first game and the, it's humid. We talked about that. That's the report now that it's 91 and humid there. And I agree. I don't think that the you know, Notre Dame's defensive line has the depth that, that you would like right now. So I'll, I'll put up my predictions with with uh, my prediction with the uh, uh, the preview on Friday. But I'm looking at a close uh, game that's less than 60 points combined. All right, well, we'll be back on Tuesday of next
1: week uh, for our next podcast. We're gonna, usually it will be Mondays uh, during the season, but with the game Sunday night, we don't get back till Monday. We'll talk to Brian Kelly again on Tuesday, uh, and then we'll do a podcast in the afternoon on Tuesday. So until then, Tim Priester, Tim O'Malley, Pete Sampson. The next time you see us, we will be probably on the field at uh, DKR on Sunday night. So until then, thanks for listening to Irish Illustrated Insider.